Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. 2.35 is the time right now, and it is time for this week's Artsing Around with arts correspondent Andrew Dambina. Anders, it's great to speak to you today. Hi. Hi. I haven't really noticed you calling me that on air before, but uh, maybe you have. Oh, maybe yeah. I haven't. Good. No. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Sorry, Andrew, then. Um, yes. Yeah. So you sent a number of very cryptic messages, as as usual. That's a standard practice. <laughs> before sort of Absolutely. before every sort of artsing around or, or Tuesday chat, you'll send me a bunch mm. of pictures with no caption. And I have to sort yeah. of decipher for myself, what do they mean? Right. Well, the only the only thing I have done here, Noreen, apart from just send them through without caption, is put them in the correct order for us to uh, to chat through them, just to give you an idea uh, of what we're talking about. Um, because um, today I want to start with uh, something that's a local exhibition. I've mentioned that galleries have been opening and closing during this whole pandemic time. A lot of the government's uh, galleries have remained closed for longer than commercial or independent ones and one one that is open at the moment uh with an exhibition ongoing is called the um it's a non-profit art space actually called wma and it's in shang one um and it currently has an exhibition called can't touch this on does that does that remind you of a song title by the way yes it does mc hammer can you give us a few bars? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a classic rap tune, isn't it? By uh, yeah, by MC Hammer. It's um, but in, but in the case of this uh, exhibition, which is taking the name of that song, um, it's just taking it because it's reflecting on art during COVID by three local artists in the past year, and the title hints obviously rather than uh, a, a slight play on the song that uh, many of us will have heard of by MC Hammer. It's more to do with the fact that we've all been mindful of not touching uh, lift buttons more than we need to, or public transport interiors, door handles, bank notes, the list goes on, right? So it's, um, it's not all um, <laughs> uh, visual artworks about not touching those things, though. It's, um, it's merely hinting at the fact that it's art made during the last year by three young contemporary artists, all graduates of three different universities, fine art departments in Hong Kong, but they've all been in the fine art game selling and exhibiting for uh, a good handful of years. So they're not just fresh graduates. Um, it's, it's the brainchild of a, uh, an artist who's been, uh, who's more of a mature artist, um, Angela Sue, and she curated the works of these three artists then. It's Su Wai Hang, uh, Kenji Wong, and Yim Su Fong. Those are the three artists. So what's on show then? They are um, Noreen, for your reference, um, I'll describe them for, for the listener. We can have a go at describing them both. But there's, um, the, it, there's uh, some works by all of these. And there's one piece called Hot Shots, which is the first image I sent you, which is a work of um, thermal photographic portraits, which are all um, put together and manipulated with special effects in the way they're laid out to make a, uh, a print image, which reminds us, um, in subject matter of how easily our personal data um, can be made visible to others and uh, biometric data. So they are very, let's say, um, fluorescent colours. They're all, they're all the same colours, a blue background, there are um, highlights of yellow and pink, very lurid colours. 
but all with numbers, not with real ID numbers or anything, but with identification numbers to signify that there's a whole mass of people that these days um, can be read by, um, you know, by ID numbers and so on. It's not a kind of highly political or or um, depressing work in that fact. They're just stating things that people, these particular artists, these three of them, have been thinking about during the pandemic. And I suppose there are certain things during COVID um, which some people have been a little concerned about, maybe unduly, maybe duly. It's all, we're all, you know, we can all worry about what we want to, can't we? But I suppose things like the Leave Home app, where we where we go out and, uh, and um, people were concerned about whether they would be tracked for their movements. It's, again, it's not a reflection of that, but these are, that's just one example of many things in today's technology, which goes way beyond COVID, let's face it, in, in every country in the world that has ID cards or, or other forms of um, uh, people, you know, using credit cards and leaving a, a digital footprint, I guess. So um, it's all that sort of thing that, that the artist is thinking about. And, um, and that, it, I can't wait. On. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't wait to see it. Sounds very right. <laughs> You're saying that sarcastically, Doreen. No, or, because they also or, have the letters part as well. You know, the letters where I think Kenji Wong he invites parents yeah. to write letters to to their fu- to, to to their children about you know the future. And so yeah, it's very touching. Yeah, that's yeah, that is very touching, and uh, that is part of a collection of pieces called um, uh, "When I Look at You Now." And it's um, it's all kinds of mixed media. By the way, this whole exhibition is mixed media. You've got everything from manipulated photographs that have been turned into printed images, like the one I first described, to installations of actual objects. The uh, when I look at you now, sound and video installation, for example, um, takes uh, images of um, of a, uh, a desk and chair of a, of a student. With, uh, with images being projected behind it from fetus to different periods of that child's childhood, which, um, you know, shows um, the, uh, the kind of concern, I think, of parents during this COVID time to make sure that their kids are studying. You can probably relate to that a bit, Noreen, with a couple of little ones. And, um, and, it, and, it, and it's the flashing up of things from when that little life that uh, is the parent's child was nothing more than a scan um, while the mother was pregnant to then sitting at a desk in a study, you know, doing their homework or trying to get on with e-learning. So there are lots of interesting contemporary images here. There's another one that I quite liked, which is, is the, the last of the three or four that I sent you from this exhibition. It's called um, Ash, and it's, um, it's a burnt-out forest, which is uh, where, where the name Ash comes from because it's all kind of, um, you know, the charcoal and ash remains of trees that have been burnt down. But um, within that, you see sprouts of uh, shoots and little starter trees in the forest, which are um, popping up their heads above the ash to start growing again. So that's, a, that's certainly a positive um, image there, you know, showing uh, that, um, that when, when certain things happen, be it COVID or other things, um, um, or, or, or people passing away or things disappearing um, from life around us or whatever it may be that the artist thinking that new new sprouts of hope emerge which um which i think is uh, is quite a nice metaphor so if you're interested listener in uh, and noreen in seeing this exhibition then it's at the wma gallery who are being very very careful about people 
visiting um, this exhibition in uh, the correct numbers. So you have to book online. Go to their website. It's in showing one, this gallery, wma.hk. That's their website. And from that, you can get links to, um, to another address where you can book tickets. It's free to go in, but you just need to reserve your spot um, during certain uh, um, uh, sort of half-hour time slots or hourly time slots, I think they are. <laughs> so that's something to, uh, to look out for. And also, they're going to have Cantonese and English language guided tours through this. If it sounds like an interesting contemporary mix of art, which I think it is, then you can get a bit more guidance from uh, someone who knows it very well by, uh, by also by going to that website. That's um, wma.hk. So... Um, to, to go on to uh, the arts outside of uh, Hong Kong for our next uh, part of Artsing Around today. Uh, we've talked about graffiti art a bit in Artsing Around quite recently, maybe a few weeks ago, and then a, a long time before that. But um, something that I've sent to Noreen is some really quite cheerful images of um, chalk type art. We've talked about the stuff that's permanent before, which is using paints which, you know, sometimes sprayed or used with brushes out of a tin or marker pens. And we've talked about the difference between graffiti and, you know, sort of um, uh, vandalism, really. But, um, but when I grew up, I remember, I don't know about you, Noreen, in Hong Kong or when you spent a bit of time in the UK, but certainly in Europe, where I grew up, there were street artists who would strut their finest uh, chalk works on pavements or places where there were lots of people with their hat out or a tin hoping to get a few coins in the way that musical buskers do um and they came up with some really cool images sometimes and i'm i've sent you noreen some images of um a really excellent american um chalk artist who does stuff around the town or small uh, small city maybe ann arbor which is near detroit and his name is david zinn that's z-i-n-n and his pieces often look like children's book illustrations with fantasy animals or animals that bear some resemblance to real ones but aren't quite. There's something out of his imagination. And they're drawn in curious places around that city of Ann Arbor, uh, which is um, in uh, Michigan State, where he lives. And he's been creating his artworks that have been popping up in the streets around this area for over 30 years. And sometimes when he goes on holidays... He also does these works in uh, places in his own country. He's done them in Manhattan, but he's also done them in Europe and even in Taiwan. He's once chalked up a bunch of pictures when he was on holiday. The interesting thing is that he does it in chalk, which is a very temporary medium. And so, if it, you know, in, in, in hard, hard sort of uh, rain or monsoon rains that you get in Asia sometimes, those things would be just washed away. In, uh, in one downpour, I'm sure. But he takes photos of them and he puts them uh, on his website. He's made three books uh, because it's been 30 years, as I say, that he's been doing these. So some of his best ones, he's, he's either put into books or he takes limited edition photographs, which he sells for very reasonable amounts, uh, the, you know, under $200 for one uh, part of a limited edition of, uh, of, of one image. Um, what do you think of the, the, those 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 pics? I think I only sent you two, and they're a bit cartoony. They are brilliant. I'm just on his Instagram right now. It's amazing. Yeah. When you first sent them, I I couldn't really tell. I I, I couldn't tell what 
what kind of art but, but now it makes sense that they are chalk um, yeah. yeah, I couldn't tell it what it was or yeah, what sort of material that, um, it was. Mm. Um, you're right. You know, f- for someone to take such a long time to create, you know, such gorgeous art and then for it to sort of be destroyed or be quite fleeting. Yeah. Um, but perhaps that's his style, you know, perhaps it's and, just for the, to, for the enjoyment uh, oh, of the right here, right yeah. now. That's, that's, that's it. I've also, so, so as Noreen mentioned, he is on Instagram. He's on every social media. I don't know about Snapchat, but he's on he's on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And so you can um, find out more about him by going to his website, which is Z I N N A R T, all one word, Zin Art. Uh, or you know, go to that, and it will give you all the social media links. Then you can have a look at. His. And and in his Facebook uh, page, I saw uh, on one on one stream that. Um, that somebody asked him, why don't you do it? It's really annoying. I mean, it's kind of, I see that you've done one here and I live near there and it's it's gone now. Uh, Why do you do it in that medium? And he said, because the quality of the the drawing uh, is is by using chalk. It would be very different by paint. They're very small scale, Mm. some of them. One which I sent to Noreen has um, something, uh, it's an animal of his invention, which is about the size of a mouse or a rat, but far cuter. A rat, anyway, and it's um, and it's and he's chalked over a cobblestone. Um, he's made what looks like a wooden ladder going down, but really, that's all a flat surface, it's an optical illusion. He's made it look like a 3D hole that goes beneath a missing cobblestone, and at the top of it, he's joined a couple of real twigs that pop up above the surface of the of all the cobblestones around it to make it look like there's a real ladder coming out of it. It's a bit tricky to explain. I hope that gives the listener some idea. There's, there are a couple of optical illusions that, that where he takes found objects like twigs and then he will make them appear to be joining his drawing. So it fits in with something that is in uh, the landscape in which he draws. So another example was something I saw outside somebody's front door or the front door it looks like it was a domestic one. I don't know what the person or if you got permission from the person to do this, but, but there was a stone at someone's front door which was quite rounded on its surface and he turned it into an octopus, uh, making it look like the, uh, um, the concrete around the stone was water with his careful chalk work. It looked amazing. And so it's definitely worth looking up. You know, if you're, if you're still not going out so much or you've got an interest in art, in general, do have a look at his website, zinart.com. I Very love inspiring. it, Zinart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the final thing that I wanted to mention today was, and you might not have heard of this, I haven't. Um, there is a new popular type of artwork that have been fetching extraordinary amounts of money. Um, it's digital art, and the, uh, the, the, the type of um, art that's produced is called NFT, and it's a um, it's a type of um, cryptographic token. That's the way it's described. Um, basically, it's something that can be bought in a digital form, and it will have as part of this artwork either a um, a, a non a non moving image, or it will have a kind of short video attached to it, or something like a GIF or GIF. How do you say? Is it GIF or GIF? By the way, I say GIF, but yeah, it's spelled with a. G. Yeah, with a G, yeah. yeah. Okay, I've heard it said both ways. I'm not sure which is the correct one. But, How yeah. do you so, say it? I, I, would actually, I would actually say GIF, but, <laughs> um, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I, I've heard people say GIF, so I'm not sure. GIF for me is, uh, is an old uh, cleaning 
uh, surface oh, cleaner. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah. um, but uh, um, a couple of weeks ago then, in March, Christie's Auction House sold a piece by a digital artist called Beeple, B-E-E-P-L-E, who's um, not been established for that long. He works in graphic design, but he's made some of his own uh, artworks in this NFT medium. And they sold one of his pieces for 69.3 million US dollars. Um, that is about, and it's nearly half a billion Hong Kong, it's over half a billion, it's 538 million Hong Kong dollars. That was two weeks ago. And um, they were, the, the bidding went mad. They put it, they had it online. Instead of um, a lot of the art auctions or other auctions that we've mentioned in the past, the bidding was allowed for over three weeks. It was 22 days, I believe. And that, that's a really slow amount of time. It's a clever, canny one, probably by the auction house, isn't it? To get people to, to maybe have more time to up their, um, up their bids and, and therefore, you know, get more. But it's, it's, an, it's an interesting type of, type of work. And the one, the image that I sent Noreen, which, is, which looks like a load of postage stamps, it's a piece that is called Every Days, with an S, the first 5,000 days. So he yeah, has I, been I making... can't even zoom in to see what the individual pictures. No, because I'll tell you why, Noreen, because that piece comprises of, when he calls it the first 5,000 days, Every Days, he vowed to make, some years ago, to make one image, digital image, every day. And he's pieced together there the work from 13 years of doing one artwork piece uh, every day. No wonder. So when, he's calling I, it, when I zoom yeah. in, it's like all blurry because they're yeah, just too it, many. If you, if, you, if, you, if you look at it, if you, the only thing you can really see is the, is the occasional shape of someone's hair and features. But yes, it's meant to represent it's slightly conceptual in that way, I suppose. It's all these fragments or reduced sized versions of 13 years worth of making an image every day. But what I did make sure I did was send you an image of one of his everyday pictures that he did um, around the same, same time he did in the last month or so, which is of um, some famous iconic real people or cartoon people. Um, he hasn't. He doesn't. He doesn't give these everyday drawings any name at all. And this has a picture of a boy doing some cartoons. And around this boy's head, the boy's kind of on his stomach, drawing on the floor. And around him, you've got, you know, Buzz Lightyear with a weird, with a weird sumo wrestler's body, Donald Trump, Michael Jackson. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Mickey Mouse. There's Kim Jong Il, and there's some of these weird figures that have been made into something that's going through a boy's imagination as he's doing some drawings just for his own pleasure, relaxing, doing some stuff in his own time. Now, there's a lot of work in that. Can you see that image, Noreen? I can, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? And if you think about it, that's just one of his typical 5,000 images from um, you know, over 13 years. So you reduce that down to get 5,000 into one artwork and they become almost, as you say, unrecognisable for what they are. It's just a so, very bizarre, bizarre image. I wish the listeners could see. I mean, there's Mickey Mouse in like, on like the, Mickey Mouse's head on like the body of the Hulk. Uh, Kim Jong-un's yeah. head on um, sort of like a Buzz Lightyear top, but then the bottom is kind like a, a, a bikini kind of person. Yeah. I don't know, it's very weird. It is, it's very, it is very weird, quite a surreal image, it's been highly manipulated it's, 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 in a kind of Photoshop, digital art sort of way. It's, 
But, you know, okay, so that went for just a shade under 70 million US dollars. But this is quite a new-ish form of art, but it's not brand new. It's been going for about three years or so. And a couple of really big-name artists, one of one big artist from the US, his name is Jeff Koons, and he is uh, a, he's kind of in modern art history books. I, I learned about him when I was studying fine art at college years ago, and he's kind of a veteran of US art. And... He did a piece called Rabbits, which sold for 91, over 91 million in 2019. And just one more, David Hockney sold one for over 90 million US dollars in 2018. That was about the, the start of the time. So what people get is, um, is, is the right to this image and they own the work outright, but it's digital. So if anyone ever wanted to use it, they'd have to speak, well, it's the same as with a painting. If any if anyone wanted to use either for a greetings card or for a poster or whatever, you know, that whoever owns the art, it's exactly the same with these digital art pieces. But the weird thing is that some of them are GIF or GIF files that are really silly cartoons. They don't go for as much money as we've just mentioned. But um, it's, it's been, as soon as Christie's mentioned um, that they were going to auction this piece, it was a curiosity because 5,000 days, you know, 13 years is a long time to be spent making all the artwork. So he did get a, a huge amount of money, but he didn't expect, and nor did anyone, for it to be as much as that. In fact, um, Beeple, the, the name of the artist, has amassed a kind of a cult following uh, in this so-called, well, crypto art market, as people are calling it. Um, and even from last December in 2020, his, his work started nudging over the three million US dollar mark. So, but to go right up to 70, it's phenomenal. It's, it's so ridiculous. funny you mention him, Andrew, because our first guest, Alex Sati, um, also yeah. was talking about it because we were talking about blockchain oh. technology and also how oh, blockchain right. technology, well, you know, basically what you were saying, yeah. now, um, um, helps with artists. And, and he cited Beeble as ah. an example of oh, how he sold full, it. Yeah. Full circle, full circle on the one, two, three show today. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. yeah, that is funny. That is very funny. Serendipity. And it, I mean, even even this month in March, uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey offered uh, a bid to another platform that was selling uh, that, that was selling by an, by a lesser known artist two and a half million dollars. They're becoming these types of art are becoming collectible by uh, people who are quite well known. Some celebrities are buying them as well. So this this particular sale, though, it is funny that uh, that that's your first guest mentioned people it makes him now that's people the artist the third most expensive living uh, uh artist to sell an artwork i mean that sorry that particular work is the third most expensive artwork uh sold by a living artist today which wow. is which is yeah Phenomenal. yeah so that's um that that's that's just something which uh, i i didn't know maybe you didn't before your first guest started talking about it i came across it over the last week and to be honest I hadn't heard of this type of uh, crypto art before. So it's um, just an interesting one to be aware of. I didn't know about it either. Um, there's an artist in Hong Kong, Zabotage, is uh, apparently doing it, uh, according to Alex. So perhaps we'll invite Zabotage ah. uh, on the program to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, we, we've had him on the oh, show that's... before. Um, and so perhaps we'll, we'll learn more about this kind of thing. It's very interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, it yeah. is. I mean, I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> I keep interrupting. Go on, Andrew. 
Oh, so thanks, thanks. It is interesting. It's interesting how around the world people were bidding for this, uh, this you know, five thousand days piece. Uh, the winning bidder came from Singapore. It was a uh, it was a crypto investor and the founder of a of a of a fund that collects these NFT artworks now called MetaPurse. MetaPurse. What I thought was a terrible name, but it's um, but it's it, 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 that's the name of the company that that bought it, and they are amassing a collection. And and he outbid um, the uh, Chinese multi-millionaire Justin Sun, who is the founder of cryptocurrency platform Tron. So mm. these artworks are very much in demand. Absolutely. Well, yeah. watch this space. Perhaps we, we can mm. buy... We, we, we'll have to get on the wallet first. But anyway, we're out of time today. Andrew, always a yeah. pleasure to speak to you. And I look forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you very much indeed. Andrew Dembina Thanks, for this week's it. Artsing Around. Thank you.